1: Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God.
0: And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed.
1: Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is our Friday edition of the podcast. As we uh, go back to Matthew 10 today, we're closing out our week of podcasts. Looking forward to the weekend. We'll be traveling, Lord willing, tomorrow to the Black Creek Baptist Church of Black Creek, New York. We'll be preaching there all day on Sunday. And then, of course, in the evening, we're at the Anchor Baptist Church for Brother R.G. Rose, also known affectionately as Brother Rick Rose. Uh, We'll be preaching all day in the mornings and then in the evenings at 6 o'clock. That's in Wellsville, New York. We look forward to the Word of God being preached, look forward to the meeting and what God is going to do. Then the following Sunday, we'll begin in Akron, New York for a week. And so we just trust the Lord to take care of the need, take care of the physical needs, spiritual, emotional and would ask for physical strength. If you pray for my family and I, just pray for the physical strength. Be on the road for uh, f- four straight weeks, and we certainly need help from above. Brother Zach Vernon will be preaching tonight at the Grace Baptist Church in Oxford, North Carolina, and Lord willing, he'll be closing out that meeting. We certainly appreciate Brother Zach taking care of last night, and then, of course, tonight's service as well. Matthew chapter 10, and this is really the benchmark for Christianity, for discipleship, for uh, being a disciple of Jesus Christ. I know one of the big things that I hear often is people today focus on discipleship, discipleship. You hear people say they were not discipled properly. Therefore, everybody's up on discipleship. And I've seen different discipleship courses. And basically, it's the 101 of Christianity. I'm not criticizing discipleship. But really, once you've been saved, I'd say maybe two years, you ought to know how to tithe. You ought to know how to give. Uh, You ought to know uh, what God requires of you in your conduct and your speech and your attitude. You ought to understand what it means to be faithful to the house of God. Hopefully, by then, you've seen a stirring of God. You've seen the evidence of God, a work of God in your own life. There is a maturity that you need to reach to truly be a disciple of Jesus Christ. But this is the benchmark, this is the standard that he set for his disciples. And you say, well, that's dispensational. This is just his disciples. Well, when you read this, I'd like to pawn it off on his disciples as well, but it pricks my heart about how I serve God and how I live for God, because what he deals with is things that you and I, again, must deal with today. I don't think this has changed. I think this is the standard to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. There are a lot of folks that name the name of Christ, but there are very few disciples of Jesus Christ. I'm going to back up a little bit in verse 21. We had left off, I believe, after verse 22, but I'm going to back up a little bit. I'm going to lay this benchmark out on this Friday. For he said, and brother shall deliver up the brother to death and the father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Now you can be hated because of your own name. You can be hated because of your own vile doings. You can be hated because of your own vile affections. Men may hate you on a personal level. He said you'll be hated for his name's sake. That is true persecution. And when you are just a jerk and people don't like you, you're not going to blame Christ for that. You're not going to name Christ and then say, well, you know, because I'm a Christian, they persecute me. You're on the street screaming at people, telling them they're fat and lazy and sodomites and everything else under the sun, and then claim that you're being persecuted because people have risen up against you. No, he's said. about the end of all who would godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. When you're persecuted, you're persecuted for his name. Why? Because you live godly in his name. And the separation from this world we've talked about already this week is the benchmark for many. They think that because they're separated from the world, they're a disciple of Jesus Christ. They have no impact because of isolation. They feel like they're affected by everybody else and everything taints them. Most of them, I've learned, the man might be able to speak to somebody about the Lord, but the wife and children just crawl into a shell and hide, and, and that, that false meek and quiet spirit, that false chasteness. And yet what God demands is that we live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. We spoke about that earlier. In verse 33, he said, when they persecute you in this city, flee into another, for verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. An interesting study our brother up in Maine put me onto is the son of man in the book of Matthew, all through the scripture, he's referred to as the son of man. And then you get over here to Matthew and Jesus Christ refers to himself so often as the son of man. And he uses that telling his disciples, you should have not gone over the cities of Israel to the son of man become. If they went two by two, six groups of them going out, they still couldn't have touched all the cities of Israel. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. Therefore, the subservience of his disciples is paramount. They must be servant to him. They're not above him. They don't go beyond his word. They don't go beyond his doings. They don't go beyond his word. He goes on, he says here, the servant above his Lord, it is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. And so the reward is just to be the servant of the Lord. That's where the reward is going to be, because that's where God requires an obedience. The servants, I, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, I, Paul, a servant of the Lord. And he continues that, I, Paul, a servant, a servant, a servant. Why? He's not above his Lord. He's not above his master, but he does the work that his master requires. That's what a servant is. There's a lot of folks cannot grasp that concept, one of the things that I deal with some of the younger preachers and those that have recently been converted to Christ and been called to preach is I tell them what the first thing they need to do is learn how to live the Christian life because it is a life of sacrifice. It's a life of giving. You need to get to the place in your Christian life where you just don't think about the cost of things. Now nobody says, you got to count the cost, count the cost. Sometimes you don't. If you got the money in the bank account, you don't need to count the cost. If it needs to be done, it needs to be done. There are things you count the cost for. When it comes to the financial, things like that, you just pay the bill. It's pretty basic. And you take care of those things that need done. I don't have to sit there and wrestle. Somebody calls, says, you know, Brother McVeigh, we have this problem. We have something going on here. And can you come help us? If I am able to at all, you know, I'm obligated to go help them. Why? I'm a servant of Jesus Christ somebody has a spiritual need, and I say, well, you know, I'm pretty tired. I need to get to bed. Uh, Let's just talk about this tomorrow. No, we deal with that. Why? As a servant of Jesus Christ. And it really is the old 1990s adage, WWJD. What would Jesus do? Well, we as servants ought to look at his model and look at his example and do what he does. And I'm going to tighten it down a little bit here because he said this. If they call the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? And so if you can't handle being called a child of hell, you cannot handle being called a Beelzebub and devils and liars and frauds and phonies, you have no business being in the ministry. And if you can't take it with a smile on your face, you really ought to consider the ministry. And they're going to persecute you. They're going to curse you. They're going to mock your name. They're going to scoff at you. Why? Because of the name of Jesus Christ. And if you still take it personal. You certainly need a closer walk with God because it's not about you. It's not about what you want, what you've done. It's about the Son of God. It's about what he has done. Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. So he tells you that there's no fear because there's nothing that's not going to be uncovered. Can God not take care of you? He deals with the next couple of verses. Will he not protect you? Will he not protect your name? Will he not guard your name? Why? Because he's protecting the name of his son. And he doesn't want his children out there blaspheming and being made a laughing stock of the world. And if you're going to be made a laughingstock, it's not with your foolishness. It's with the word of God because of the name of Jesus Christ. A lot of them are made a laughingstock because of their foolishness. A lot of folks made laughing stock. They might have public ministry. They might have private ministry, but they're a laughing stock to this world because of the idiocy that they call godliness, and yet it's just a form. It's just a mimicry of something somebody else has done. There's no power of God with it, but they're told to go do this, and therefore they have to go. It's their Christian duty to go out there, and then when people laugh at them and scoff at them, they say, well, I was persecuted for Jesus Christ's sake, but yet they were not. They were persecuted because they looked foolish. Imagine a man, and I've seen it, where they dress in, you know, in in basically sackcloth, and they put ashes on their head, and they carry a cross out in the streets, and, and they're not Christ. And they're not even necessarily a servant of Christ, but they mimic a servant of Christ, and therefore they're a laughingstock, and people kind of scoff at them and laugh at them, and then they talk about the persecution they bore. It's not the message of the name of Jesus Christ. They bear a persecution because they're out there dressed in sackcloth, carrying a cross on their shoulder. Has nothing to do with the word of God. The word of God is going to bring you enough trouble. You don't need to add your foolishness to it. Uh, folks that go out there in a manner of dress, they think it's holiness. They say my manner of dress is godliness. Now listen, there is an ungodly dress. There is an ungodly way to dress. There is a godly way to dress. And I still see people out there debating in forums about should a man wear shorts? Should a not man a man not wear shorts? You know, a disciple of Jesus Christ figured that out a long time ago. He's just going to take the high ground. He's going to do what God requires of him. He's going to start dressing like a man, speaking like a man, and he's not going to embroil himself in foolishness, discussing whether or not God's pleased with the legs of a man. It's not a matter of a standard. It's a matter of just being a servant of God. And they get in all these debates. Should a woman wear makeup? Should a woman not wear makeup? What a foolish debate. What a waste of time. Live godly and so in Jesus Christ. Proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. Don't get embroiled in such things. Dude, that's really all they have is they have the embroilment of those things. Why? They're not disciples of Jesus Christ. They suffer persecution for their mouth. They suffer persecution for their opinions. They suffer persecution for their ideals. Over the years, I've heard the argument about the earrings. I know a preacher that tells you, that his daughter, uh, they put her ear to the door, so to speak, not physically, but spiritually, and drove an awl through it and put a ring in her ear because here's his daughter. He turned over to her husband and said, that's yours. And I know people got a little offended by that. I know people that won't wear earrings because they take the high ground and, you know, child of God should adorn themselves in such things. And they're embroiled in all these matters, but yet are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you doing what God requires of you? I told him in one place, I said, it's my wife. I adorn her I want to adorn her. Nobody else adorns my wife. I adorn her. But the greatest adornment she can have is that of a meek and quiet spirit. Why the ornaments of grace that God has put upon her. That's the best adornment of all. And I can adorn her in in finery and I can adorn her in gold and jewels and silver and not grieve God at all because she's my wife. I can still be a servant of God. I don't care who wants to argue, who wants to fuss about it. But if she wants to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, she needs to have this ornaments of a meek and a quiet spirit. Why? Because you see the grace of God in those things. And these are the examples I've given today because I look at this and I realize people are arguing and fighting about all these things that don't mean anything. They have no weight. They have no value. Because they themselves sit at home, they're internet trolls rather than doing the work of God, and they're embroiled in debates and arguments, and they're proud of those debates. They're proud of those arguments. But I'm talking about disciples of Jesus Christ. This is the benchmark. What is the benchmark? They're going to call you devils. They're going to accuse you of being a devil. Why? Because of his name. Not because of you, not because of your opinions, because of his name. I don't care if you're against Facebook. I don't care if you're for Facebook. I don't care if you have a halfway covenant with Facebook. You only do it half the time, only off half the time. I don't care if you say, well, we only use our Facebook for business. I don't care what you do with it. Understand the snare of it. Understand there can be folly in it like anything else in this world. There can be a snare like anything else in this world and then use it for good. And that's the way life is. This podcast could be a snare. They send me emails all the time. They can monetize. The other day, they offered me 1.4 cents a download. And I realized I could make 78 cents a download off this podcast. I mean, I could go to Sheets and almost fill my cup up every day just for people listening to this podcast. And that's a huge snare to me. Got 84 cent refill at Sheets for my Diet Mountain Dew just snares me. And I thought, man, I could sell out for the mighty dollar on this podcast. But no, I chose the high road and I decided not to sell out. For those of you that don't know me, that is sarcasm. I've seen people sell out for less. seen people sell out for their families. They won't endure that hardship. Their family arises against them. Family insists they come to the family reunion. They skip church. Well, I would say they're probably not a disciple of Christ. How much more should they call them of his household? Verse 26, fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. When they persecute you, it's going to come to light. When they curse you, it's going to come to light. But if you've instigated it with your foolishness, that's also going to come to light. If you've called them names, it's going to come to light. And therefore, we see a generation today that hates God because they really haven't known very many disciples of Jesus Christ. They've known a lot of religious people. They've probably known people that had high standards, but they've known very few that were disciples of the Most High God. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what you hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. Why? It's his message. It's his light. It's his work. We're disciples of his. We're not our own. We've been bought with a price. We don't serve self. We serve him. And so we're going to preach these things. He's going to tell us in darkness. He's going to preach it in light. He's going to tell us in our ear. He's going to preach it upon the house. That is the benchmark. And that has never changed. John said, you have an unction for the Holy One. That's God speaking in the ear of the man of God. As he stands and proclaims the word of God, it is God speaking in his ear and telling him the things that need said. And then the Holy Ghost takes those things that need said, magnifies Christ in those things, pricks the heart of the hearer, opens up the ear of understanding. And therefore, that's the only way sinners can be converted. The only way the saints of God can be reproved is if the Holy Ghost responds to the word of God. And he can't do that with my ideals. He can't do that with my opinions. He can't do that with my ideology. Yet I'll preach all of those things. And if God whispers into my ear to say it, and the Holy Ghost magnifies Christ in it, it's effective. But if it's just my pet peeve and my pet burden and my pet philosophy, there's no power in it. And we've yet to learn that. Why? We're not disciples of Christ. We're not servants. We don't know how to serve him. I watch people today. They don't know how to serve. The most got some who's been saved for 15 years, they don't know how to serve him. They've never been taught how to follow in servitude. They've never been taught meekly how to follow a master. Therefore, they just run their own course. They do what man tells them to do. And they've never submitted themselves to Jesus Christ. He said in verse 28, fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Let's close there for the weekend. Lord, will be back on Monday to finish the chapter.
0: There is a lost soul who is tired of the sinning, and he longs to
1: the word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption for all at night.
0: Now the angel. singing the glory a song of the re-